0: CTNI presents Boobcast with Katie and Kifa, we're both NCT qualified breastfeeding counsellors with five children between us and wide ranging breastfeeding experiences. On this podcast, we'll be delving into some of the topics that come up most regularly when we talk to parents. This week, we're going to be talking about common challenges and the most frequent topics that mums seek reassurance and advice on.
1: I mean, the the one thing that you know, I think we would both say that comes up time and time again is about positioning and attachment mm-hmm. that's something that came up in a survey by nct in 2017 as well positioning and attachment was the topic that came up most when um mums were talking about which issues mm. they were seeking support from a breastfeeding counselor for yeah. and there's a lot actually in positioning and attachment it sounds very basic yes but exactly. it- Can really
0: impact a mother's breastfeeding experience if they aren't confident in how their baby is attached.
1: It's also the thing that I think a lot of new mothers don't realise how important it is Mm -hmm. for the baby to be attached, to be properly attached to the breast. And that in itself can lead to issues which, you know, if you haven't got the right support that can keep going for longer than than you would expect, maybe weeks, maybe Mm -hmm. even
0: months. It's the attachment that's really the important thing if the latch isn't correct. And frequently, whenever mums talk about the troubles that they're experiencing, we frequently say... Okay, let's, let's go back to basics. And by the basics, we're meaning the latch, the way in which the baby is attached to the breast. There's many acronyms that can help moms remember the way in which the baby should be latched on. But the important thing being that the baby's got a wide open mouth and it is attached to a large
1: amount of the breast. I think what a lot of new mothers might find is that they actually don't realize how much of the breast goes mm. into the baby's mouth yeah when we're talking about how society sees breastfeeding the kind of images that we see of breastfeeding can often be tv and things like that where you know it's very you don't see what breastfeeding is it's just a baby sort of sitting there and you might just sitting on a on the breast but not you don't actually see anything and you just think that the baby just sits there the whole time and they have just done it themselves when actually at the beginning getting a good latch It takes a lot of work for a lot of people. For both parties, the baby and the
0: mum, like it's a real skill. That's something that I always like to ensure parents know that it's a skill that they both mum and baby are, are coming at at the same
1: time and learning alongside each other. They're both learning. Yeah. And I think the other thing is as well, when you have more than one child, you realize that actually just because you've breastfed one child doesn't mean that it's going to come easily the second time as well. Yeah. And there is a skill involved. You mm-hmm. might have done it before with a previous child, but your your baby hasn't done it before. Whenever we're talking about the latch and maybe going back to basics,
0: what would you encourage a mum to look for to ensure they have correct latch? I mean,
1: the thing that I would say first of all is, I think the the nose to nipple mm-hmm. um, is quite a useful one because it's very visual. Yeah. When a baby's latching on, if they can move their head themselves, they don't need have any hand underneath them they need to be supported but they should have free movement of their head yeah and for them to find the nipple themselves if that makes sense i mean you need to put it quite close to their head um (laughs) (laughs) allowing for their nose to find the nipple and then if they push their mouth up is a fairly visual way of them finding a latch Mm -hmm. um, and getting that big mouthful like you said earlier yeah breastfeeding not nipple
0: feeding which like you said people forget or aren't really aware of whenever we talk about position the frequent appearance of of nursing mums
1: it's usually the baby's lying across the baby's body should really be on the the, the mother's body so mm-hmm. tummy to tummy is quite a nice way of yeah. thinking about that because actually if you're thinking about feeding a baby with a bottle in the cradle hold the baby will be looking up
0: mm-hmm. whereas
1: when you're breastfeeding it's it's a much better position for the baby to be facing into the mother
0: yeah
1: and that i think can be an issue is that maybe you know a mother has only held a baby the baby's facing up or maybe even facing out so putting them into a position where they are only looking at the mother might feel a bit strange or you know it might not feel right at the beginning yeah, yeah.
0: And there's and different positions that,
1: you know, if a mum's
0: having a challenging time with the way they're holding the baby, maybe they have had a caesarean and that position across their stomach just isn't, it's too painful for them. There are other styles of positions that are commonly used. Well, we're aware of them, however, not everyone else maybe knows about them because they're not as, um, they're, they're just not as well known or not as commonly seen.
1: I think it's quite telling that when you search for breastfeeding pictures that that's the one that comes up time and time again and if if you were to mimic breastfeeding you would naturally go for that kind of position yeah. like you say there are lots of other things laid back breastfeeding mm. um is something that a lot of women only really come to once they've had the baby and they're having different challenges with things and they um, don't even realize they're doing it <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's something that you, you kind of do naturally, mm. laying back, putting your baby on top of you. And the rugby ball hold as well is one that I think a lot of mothers find very useful. That one is particularly useful if the attachment is only quite good on one side, but not on the other side. Okay. A lot of mothers find that each breast is different. Mm. So they might need to treat each one differently. Mm-hmm. Um, if you turn the baby around into a rugby ball hold, so you basically you, you have their body um facing the arm other way. Almost. Tucked under your arm. Yeah. Yeah. That you can mimic the side of the other breast, the Ooh. the attachment on the other breast.
0: Oh, that's really clever.
1: Lay down feeding as well. Is that something that you tried?
0: yeah lion. that was really one of the first ways we got our son Where well, I, I got my son latched was having him lying beside me someone in the hospital really took their time to encourage me to latch him on that way that made a difference and then I remember being told that if the latch is right and the latch feels good then the reality is whatever way your baby happens to find that good latch as long as it's comfortable for you as a mum then that's okay it's easy to get hung up on the instructions to achieve the perfect position mm-hmm. um, while really it should be the latch being the main focus because if the baby has um, an ineffective latch then that's when more problems and um, more challenges can creep in
1: hmm and something that a lot of mothers come across is sore nipples and that you could say is most of the time and the the reason for that is poor attachment. Yeah. That's what you would kind of go th- to first as a
0: breastfeeding counsellor. Okay, can you describe how your baby's attached to the breast, you know, where is it sore? If a certain point of the nipple is getting sore, then it might be that the baby's doesn't have enough breast tissue in its mouth and a lot of the time this challenge in particular can be solved by reassessing the the baby's
1: latch that's right yeah and it could be that the sore nipples if the baby's attached well if the latch is good it could be that the sore nipples are because of a previous issue Mm. so if you if you've able to write the the issues with attachment it could just be that it's a continuing issue mm-hmm. um and at that point it's just really important just to take care of your nipples and if you can air them putting breast milk on them and help as well yeah and if if a cream is working for you you know maybe yeah. a lanolin cream or something like that yeah is there anything else that you find works for sore nipples heat
0: can be helpful you know anything that really soothes it enough for you to to be willing to feed your baby again Mm. until that the underlying problem is is fully resolved common myth is that oh you're breastfeeding so you're gonna get sore nipples is so frequently thrown out to women that they don't seek support to rectify this pain that they're experiencing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and breastfeeding should not
1: be painful exactly you might find that at the beginning there are there is some pain attached to it but that should not that is it should not continue yeah, it should be sure um, yeah and there are there are some things on the market that you can that you can buy as well patches that you can put on your nipple while mm. you're not feeding on the other side um which personally i found worked quite well so yes. silver um, cups some people really have yes. um
0: Benefited from,
1: from there. So it's about finding something that works for you, mm-hmm. but really knowing that if you've got sore nipples and it's an ongoing problem, that you should try and find a way to to minimise that and, you know... Seek to, the to right support. Yeah, completely.
0: Because it, it's quite... It's quite it's a cycle, isn't it? You know, if the latch is, isn't correct, if the baby isn't feeding effectively to remove the milk, then this cycle of problems can kick in and that's just is detrimental to the breastfeeding mum mm. from those sore nipples if they're too sore for the mum to feed from and they aren't supported to have that milk removed then that can lead to more serious issues like blocked ducts and mastitis
1: mm-hmm. yeah it could, it, it can go both ways. It can also lead to the mother stopping breastfeeding mm-hmm. because she hasn't had the support. Mm-hmm. Um, and which can also then, if you stop breastfeeding without any kind of you stop done? suddenly, yeah, you can you also risk getting blocked ducts and mastitis as well. But yeah, what you were saying about if the milk isn't being removed effectively, then that is going to cause blockages, and a blocked duct can start fairly quickly. You might feel like there's a little lump of something, and then suddenly it feels quite big, and it's mm-hmm. part of your breast is hard. Yeah, which can then lead to mastitis, which is a an issue where you can have fever, mm-hmm. you can you can be very very ill. Yeah, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 avoidable for a lot of people. Removing the the milk and clearing blocked ducts should be enough to stop the mastitis taking hold yeah and there's so many horror stories about mastitis I, I think talking to a talking to two mothers and you know it quite a lot of people it happens at one point or another yeah for a lot of people so it's not anything to to be really really worried about it's just no. something to watch out for
0: yeah to be and, aware of and knowing the the signs and knowing what to do whenever they take hold and it's not always a case of antibiotics although there are cases whenever they are required but knowing you know, mastitis is caused whenever the milk hasn't been removed and it, an infection develops so therefore moving the milk through the breast getting it out is a good start to
1: to clearing it mm. and for block ducts specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what kind of things would you recommend with
0: um Rock ducts is essentially what it says. It's whenever the milk isn't able to to be removed from the from the breast, and that's usually caused by a little milk blister that appears on the nipple. and It's it can be very subtle. <laughs> it's not obvious. It's not always obvious. So checking that there's no milk blister blab as it's sometimes known as on the the nipple. If it does appear. To, to be caused by that, then softening the nipple. There's various ways to do that. Some people use olive oil. My favourite one is filling, if you use disposable nappies or can get hold of a disposable nappy, filling it with a freshly boiled water. Um, once it's just cool enough for you to touch, putting that over your breast, and then it gives the, the nipple a good steaming <laughs> and it softens it up so you can rub away or away at the the bleb and just making sure you're you're massaging your breast and expressing until you can see the milk coming through the site where the bleb the bleb or the blister was
1: Mm. I would agree with that um the nappy trick has worked for me (laughs) as well and it's important to note as well that you can have a sort of a lumps and things in feels like they're inside the breast around the edges as well mm-hmm. so they can even go as far as you're almost at your underarm yeah um and it's about just massaging that towards yeah the nipple always pushing it forward pushing it forward yeah mm-hmm. and just finding ways to disperse it so yeah the hot water trick is is a good one um yeah. but it's just about finding a way that works for you to massage comfortably, or as comfortably as possible, mm-hmm. and also feeding feeding the baby. Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> with, with all of these things, feeding the baby is key because they are the the best way to express to remove the milk from your your body. And in cases like mastitis, it's it's okay to take the the painkillers if you're able to do so to have that bit of relief because it can be sore whenever your baby attaches but at the same time encouraging feeding and encourage to, encouraging your baby to remove the milk is is really vital
1: in each yeah. of these cases and what i would say as well is that you would still need to make sure that the baby's removing milk from the other side as mm-hmm. well so if there is a way that either you express on one side and feed on the side where you've got the block duct, that can be quite useful. And then it just keeps the other one in check so you don't end up with two. And then if you're swapping over, so the baby, the baby's is the most effective way to get the milk out of the breast. It could be detrimental. Not always, but it could be if you expressed from one side only and then you fed from the other side you might depending on how your baby feeds Mm -hmm. you want to be able to mimic how your baby feeds as much as possible so you could switch over and then use the pump for the affected breast Mm -hmm. just while the baby's feeding on the other side just to make sure that you're not going to continue that cycle yeah i I think the key to that is just removing as much milk as possible Mm -hmm. without putting yourself into more pain
0: (laughs) Well, that's it and seeking out the right support to help you navigate these these challenges because so frequently whenever women experiencing the experience these challenges they are not given the correct support the support they deserve to really improve or gain knowledge in and under and understand what's causing these challenges and mm-hmm. then that can lead to them as you said not wanting to breastfeed or feeling as though because they're unwell or just so sore that, that 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 they can't carry on. That again, like most things, brings its own challenges.
1: Yeah.
0: We've been chatting about the issues that NCT found back in that survey that really require a lot of support or require specialized support maybe on how they might need to express or how to help resolve these issues that they're experiencing that can cause a lot of pain, but not only do, do women seek out support in those cases, they do also seek out support in cases where their understanding of
1: how breastfed babies work. Frequent feeding is something that comes up time and time again, mm-hmm. and it does fit with you know the expectations of how often you expect a baby to feed. And really, what we would say is that if a baby's feeding frequently, it's because Mm -hmm. they need it, because they want it. We shouldn't be hindering that. And that does fit with very normal behaviour. Yeah, normally,
0: mums or parents will come to us because they have this concern, because someone has maybe past comment or their expectations was that their baby should be feeding every two to three hours. And the reality is they're feeding for four hours straight mm. on and off and on and off again. And having that understanding that breastfed babies especially will feed in that way. And they are the best regulators of their intake They'll feed and once their, once their tummy's full, they will have a rest and then the milk will pass through their system quite quickly and then they could want to feed again or they'll just be tired not. But if you aren't aware of that, if maybe you've never, you just haven't experienced breastfed babies before and none of you are not surrounded by people that have, then you won't have that knowledge to reassure you.
1: mm And it's important to remember as well that breast milk is very thin. It is designed for your baby when they're really tiny and then it develops into a drink that suits an older child, an older baby, and then an older child. And and so it's constantly changing to suit Mm -hmm. your baby's needs, but particularly when they're really, really tiny, their tummies are really, really tiny. And the, the composition of the breast milk fits with that. And it does mean that they need to be fed probably a lot more frequently than you would think. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really go away for a while. Yeah. Um, it changes mm-hmm. and you might have growth spurts where they're feeding very, very frequently for yeah. you know a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And cluster feeding as well, I think we'll fit in with that as well because you might yeah. be feeding every three hours for mm-hmm. example and then in an evening the baby just won't be on attack you know they'll want to be attached all evening yeah um they might have a little sleep they might have a snooze mm-hmm. on the breast and in my own experience i would have thought okay that feed's finished so they're just having a sleep but then they wake up and suddenly you know they're wanting strike to be fed and- again <laughs> and yeah. that is very normal behavior for a baby if a baby's not getting that what they need what they feel they're needing Then that can lead to fussing Mm -hmm. because they want to be fed more.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have that that understanding, then you'll maybe think, well, you've just had a feed, so you can't be hungry and you could find yourself bouncing your baby, walking around with it, instead of being aware that frequent feeding is is something that maybe you know, trying to attach your baby again and, and offering a another Breast or another feed, to to see if that's what the answer is.
1: It's I I think as well when you when you're talking about babies feeding, really often as well. I think it's really important to think about you know how how you eat yourself. I mean, we've been talking and I've been sipping water the whole time. Yeah, I had breakfast this morning and then I had a yogurt Uh half an hour later because I was still a bit hungry. And and no one's going, Kifa, you're eating again. Exactly. And you know we do that. We graze through the day Mm -hmm. as adults, and some of us are more likely to do that than others. Yeah, you know, some people will have a big meal at you know morning, noon, and evening, and and be done. Be done, and they'll just have you know the odd cup of tea or something in between. But other people will will eat all through the day, and they'll they'll still eat their meals. So, you know, babies are going to be like that too. They're going mm-hmm. to have their own way of, of taking their food in. Yeah, their first, second and third breakfasts and yeah.
0: yeah, all their suppers. And it with so much of breastfeeding, it comes down to expectations and the knowledge that we gain, and Italy maybe, from talking to people, from joining breastfeeding sessions to have a chat with with other people that have lived it to really help us understand and appreciate the reality of it Mm. um, and what challenges come along with it and how we can arm ourselves to manage those the challenges as they come come around
1: Mm. yeah I think I think that's that's it isn't it it's trying to arm parents with as much information as as you can but also we just want to be able to do the best for our babies, for our children. And, mm. you know, thinking about our instincts as well, a lot of the things that we're talking about, if we're listening to our instincts, then maybe they will feel a bit more normal to us. You've been
0: listening to NCTNI Presents Boobcast with Katie and Kiefer. Join us next time for more Breastfeeding Chat. This podcast is brought to you in association with NCT Northern Ireland and funded by the Public Health Agency NI. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and find out more about our courses on the NCT website.